What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video, and back with another rankings video. Going to do the tiered quarterback rankings in this one. This is going to be for two or one point uh, minus four turnovers. So an interception, a fumble is minus one. Very, very slight changes if you move to two. I believe the biggest one is Daniel Jones because lose a lot in fumbles. But for the most part, I mean, the rankings don't change that much. Uh, just think you're more like turnover-prone quarterbacks going to move down. Uh, guys like Aaron Rodgers will move a little bit higher uh, if you move to minus two for those turnovers because he doesn't have as many turnovers. So other quarterbacks move down, he moves up. But for the most part, that's like one or two changes. So tier one, S tier here. Uh, we're going to start off with the trio that everyone knows it's going to be as Jalen Hurts, that's Patrick Mahomes, and that is Josh Allen. Um, to be honest, I don't care. Like, I really just don't care how you order them. If you want to put Josh Allen first, then Hurts, then Mahomes, you want to put Mahomes first, it really is a personal preference when you get into this range. What I typically do in drafts is say, okay, they're all literally in my rankings, um, my projections, they're separated by like one, maybe two points, all of them. So they're all the same pick. What I basically do is whoever's last, I never want to be first in this range. Um, and I'm okay missing this range. What we're going to talk about a lot today is you want to get value at the quarterback position. You don't want to lock yourself in and say, oh, you know, uh, quarterback seems decent. I'll take the first one off the board. And then you look back and you're like, wow, like three different opportunities I could have had to get a quarterback like a round after ADP. Every single round besides, I guess, round one, you're going to have an opportunity to draft a quarterback. And so you have many, many chances to get one a little bit behind ADP and to get a really good value. So what I do is, let's say I'm in like the, because I like the mid to late third. That's what I really like getting these quarterbacks. Even if they project maybe early third round, I just like getting them in the mid to late third. And I really like being the last one. If it happens to go, um, you know, Allen, then Mahomes and Jalen Hurts sitting there in the late third, I'm like, awesome. Got my first quarterback at a good value. Let's take them. Uh, if it happens to be all of them be taken, no problem. We'll go to this next tier. Uh, that's how I'm treating this first tier is all three of these are pretty, I mean, let's be honest, pretty much guaranteed to finish inside the top five in points per game. Um, all of them have true league winning upside. All could easily finish as the MVP, uh, be someone that you pretty much needed in fantasy. Uh, and they just have by far the best chance of doing that in the highest floor. They deserve to be an S tier. If we move down to the next tier, the headliner is Lamar Jackson. And I would personally say that if you really, really wanted to put Lamar into S tier, I actually like, I wouldn't hate it. Um, I wouldn't do it. But honestly, ADPs are like not too far off when you look at the difference between the top three and Lamar. I wouldn't hate it. I just, um, I think like stability wise, like we're a little bit more confident in Hertz, Mahomes and Allen. And the only thing that I will say into why I put them down here is there's just a little bit of projecting. We're pretty sure they're going to throw the ball more. We're pretty sure um, that like, you know, Zay Flowers is going to be a nice improvement, that Odell is going to contribute this season, uh, that Bateman's going to be healthy. Uh, we're pretty sure they're going to play faster, be a good offense, be healthier. We just don't 100% know the same way. I mean, we're 100% sure the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bills, they're going to be really good offenses. These three quarterbacks are going to produce. We don't 100% know with Lamar, so he's going to headline this next year, but definitely be fourth. Um, and I think like he, among everyone else that we're going to talk about today, has the best chance to be like you know the number one overall quarterback, to be uh, the MVP of like the NFL, uh, to really be someone you needed. 
because Lamar could run for 1,500 yards. He could run for 15 touchdowns. Will we project that to happen? No. And I would actually project him a little bit less than Justin Fields, uh, who we'll get to in a second. But such good upside. And I just, I love drafting him this season because I really do think they're going to play faster. They're going to throw it a lot. And that's not a, ter- a terrible thing for Lamar. So some people will be hesitant and be like, oh, if they're going to throw the ball a lot, then maybe that means his rushing numbers go down. I mean, maybe slightly, but most of his rushing numbers, um, they're not coming off of, you know, running back carries. I think it's more the running back carries will be reduced and that those will turn to pass attempts. And there'll be plenty of times, even though they're not designing runs, if they're just throwing the ball a lot, well, that's a lot of scrambles, right? That's a lot of plays that were going to be a pass, but he ends up taking off. So I don't think his number is going to take a hit too much in the rushing department. And I think they're going to improve the passing department. Love him as a pick this season, but I wouldn't pick him right after. So if you get Hurts, Mahomes, Allen off the board, I would make sure like at least half a round goes by then I'm drafting Lamar because there is a drop-off. And I don't want to draft him right after those three. Next up, we're going to go over Joe Burrow. If I can grab him here. Um, Burrow's obviously awesome. Uh, he's obviously on a very stable offense. He uh, obviously has, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. I wouldn't throw Tyler Boyd into like an elite category, but Tyler Boyd's at least, you know, a quality pass catcher. But really just having Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the outside, just two really 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 good wide receivers um we know the production is going to consistently be there for joe burrow we also know the Bengals aren't going to just run the ball a ton right like even in games they get up they don't really sit on leads they keep pushing and so this isn't a situation um, like we're actually going to talk about a little bit with aaron Rodgers a little bit later like i'm a little bit scared with Rodgers that the jets will win a lot of games they'll know they'll have to be like competitive they'll have to get up in those games but i think they'll be like winning a lot of games and they'll be able to run the ball a lot but I'm not scared of that with the Bengals, even though they're also going to win a ton of games because it's more likely the Bengals get there through the air, whereas like it's possible the Jets get there on the ground. And then also when they get up, the Jets, I feel, could run the ball plenty, can play slower, um, play more conservative, run a lot, play the short passing game. Like Burrow's just going to keep chucking it to T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase. So I don't really have any of those same concerns. Also, if we look at his like production, I mean, he's developing into one of the best quarterbacks in the game. He already is, but like he's been phenomenal. If you look at his underlying metrics, look at his fantasy production, goes from 17.4 to 19.6 to 21.9 points per game over his last three years. Obviously, that's with him developing with Jamar Chase, who's also one of the best wide receivers in the game. Uh, He's got the third most passing yards ever for a quarterback over the first three seasons. Um, And again, he finished, what, fourth in points per game last season. He's in the same situation if not better, because he's developing, and so is Chase. And also, if anything, um, nice little upgrade, uh, Hayden Hurst to Irv Smith, potentially. We can't lock that in as an upgrade, but from everything they're saying, it seems like it's an upgrade for the offense just because Irv's going to really stretch the field a lot more than Hayden Hurst was able to. So I love Joe Burrow, especially an underdog. When you're able to get that like Chase-Higgins-Burrow stack, I have a lot of those, and it's a very, very high upside stack. Next up, quarterback six. Also, going to the A tier is Justin Herbert. Um, opens his career phenomenal. 22.2 points per game as a as a rookie. 22.4 in year two. So you're like, okay, we're going to get really good production. Uh, last year, 16.5 points per game. I attribute that most to touchdowns. Uh, the team scored 13 fewer touchdowns last season than they did before. Um, or excuse me. He scored 13 fewer touchdowns uh, despite playing the same number of games as in 2021. Um, I attribute it most to 
injuries. We know that Herbert was, you know, injured early in the season, kind of playing through injury for a lot of the season. Um, I don't think that was 100% to do with it, but like when you're injured, like, right, you're not the same, like you're just a little bit limited in what you can do. Uh, but it was mostly like who he was playing with, right? Keenan Allen, you know, he was playing through injury for time, uh, also missed a full seven games. That's a really big chunk of the season, especially a big chunk of the fantasy season. Uh, Mike Williams missed effectively five games. And so you had those two kind of rotating in and out of the lineup, uh, along with, again, Herbert himself kind of playing through injury. And so just not a great situation. Also, just sometimes you have a down year. Uh, the team as a whole just dropped in production last year. I think that goes right back up. And if we look at, you know, how he's been, even when you factor that in, over the first three years of his career, he has the most passing yards ever for a quarterback. Like literally in the history of the NFL, the most passing yards ever over the first three seasons. And then when you think about, okay, what's different this year? It's like they added in Quentin Johnston, like a fantastic talent, someone who can really create yards after the catch. If they can stay healthy, if you can have Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnston, on the field every play with Gerald Everett, who's a really solid pass-catching tight end. If you can have that on the field, every play healthy, with a healthy Justin Herbert, I absolutely think he can finish as the quarterback one, and we will be talking about him with Hertz, uh, with Mahomes, with Allen as like a third-round pick next season. I think that's in his range of outcomes. He just goes here because I think it's more likely for Lamar, more likely with Burrow, but I still love Herbert also because ADP discount. Like he goes way later than Lamar. He goes later than Joe Burrow. And I've seen Herbert fall as well. Whenever he falls, you've got to pounce on that. He is such a good pick this season. Uh, but again, even though like I'm like, I do project him for around like 14, 15 uh, fewer points than Burrow. After him, another very high upside quarterback. And the last quarterback in eights here is Justin Fields. He's definitely the wild card of this group. Um, you basically have to rank him here for the upside, right? I don't think you can put him any lower than this because he could, you know, just like I said for Lamar, it, and Fields has more. Like, Fields could run for, I'm not even kidding, like 16, 1,700 rushing yards. Like, probably not going to happen, but he could. He has unreal rushing upside, um, but it's the consistency. And it's really, do we know he's going to have these spiked performances and will they come more often? He was 27th in points per game through week six last season that's not good right it caused a lot of people to draft him and then drop him or just keep him on free agency he was then third in points per game from week seven on last year but again had he done that had he been uh third in points per game from week seven on and consistently been at like you know 25 26 27 points like always he'd be a third round pick easy the thing is he averaged 25.4 points per game over those final 12 weeks Despite scoring more than 25, which was his average, 25.4, he scored more than 25 only three of the 12 weeks. You're like, how did he do that? Because he had a billion fantasy points in like two of those games, and that really spikes his average. But he didn't have very high production in all of those weeks. It was just two really, really big games. Uh, his season-long pace from week six on, though, it was over 1,600 rushing yards. Again. Only Lamar Jackson has that same rushing upside, and Fields has the most rushing upside of any quarterback in the NFL. So I can't rank him higher because we've just seen it more with Lamar, and I think Lamar's in such a good spot this year. And I'm pretty confident in saying Burrow and Herbert are just better quarterbacks. I think they'll have more consistent production, and they still have that same ceiling because they're awesome, and they have great pass catchers around them. 
but Fields, just because of that rushing upside, I think you have to have him here. Um, and if he falls in drafts, absolutely pounce on that. I think him and Herbert should go in a very, very similar range. But again, Herbert a little bit before Justin Fields. B tier, a very, very small tier we're going to start off with. Trevor Lawrence, probably one of my favorite picks. So I made the video, what was that, like two weeks ago. I said right now Kirk Cousins was my highest rostered quarterback. Right behind that is Trevor Lawrence. I love Trevor Lawrence this season. He had phenomenal development into his second season. Um, and just like, it, it's tough to put into words how much better he was. He goes from 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. They change up the coaching staff, get that garbage out of there. 25 touchdowns to eight interceptions last year. He was so, so, so good. And like, you look at the pass catchers, like they obviously had that upgrade with Christian Kirk, but like this year it's even better. Right, like last year he was throwing to Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and uh, Marvin Jones, and then Evan Ingram as well, tight end. So they're replacing Marvin Jones now with Calvin Ridley. I mean, that's one of the biggest upgrades you could possibly have. Like Calvin Ridley is an awesome wide receiver, a phenomenal route runner. He is amazing. Still, I would say late prime of his career, but still kind of in that later portion of his prime. He's going to have an awesome year. We have seen this happen. Right, We have seen Josh Allen getting Stephon Diggs. We have seen Joe Burrow adding in Jamar Chase. We've seen Tua adding in Tyreek Hill. It's like when you add in a true alpha wide receiver, actually even uh, Jalen Hurts getting A.J. Brown. When you add in this true alpha, it really helps the quarterback play. And when you think that quarterback was also already ascending into his third year, like the sky is the limit. For Trevor Lawrence this season. I wouldn't call him mobile, but I'd call him mobile enough to produce numbers like Joe Burrow. Like, honestly, Mahomes. I wouldn't call Mahomes like a mobile quarterback, but he's not a complete statue, right? When you have a statue in the pocket, that's tough because you basically have to throw for 303 touchdowns every single week if you want to produce. Lawrence will do enough on the ground to, like, add in a little bit of points. He can score rushing touchdowns. So when you add that in, to an insane ceiling in the passing department, insane potential for his development. I love him. I love Trevor Lawrence this season. I would draft a ton of him. Only other quarterback that I would throw into this range is Deshaun Watson. Have to put him last here because projecting. Um, we are thinking that the Browns are going to be a really good offense this season. We're thinking he's going to improve from, I mean, he was dreadful last season. We're thinking he's going to get better than last season. We think they're going to throw it more. We think they're going to play faster, but we don't know yet. It's the same reason I can't put Lamar into that top tier. It's because we just don't know if that's going to be true. We don't know it with Watson. If we were 100% sure that he was going to play better, that they were going to play faster and throw it a ton more, okay. But we don't know 100% certain. But because those are made a possibility, because he's produced amazing in the past, and per because honestly, like, you know, Chubb, Amari Cooper, who had that slight injury, it doesn't seem to lose me anything, um, Elijah Moore, that's a really, really solid trio of players. Um, Donald Peoples-Jones, I think, is um, underrated. I think he's a really good talent, a really good number three, a nice deep threat. Like, I think because he's surrounded by that, because he is a talented player, the upside is is obviously there. He's produced very well in the past when he's been put into a really good situation. And I think the situation is going to be really solid this season. So I'd put him here. I would say um, because he goes in like a similar-ish range of Trevor Lawrence uh, and because um, I really like the C tier as well, I don't end up with him as much. 
But when he falls, and especially on underdog, if I'd already drafted Amari Cooper, if I'd already drafted Elijah Moore, if I think I'm going to be leaning towards David Njoku because maybe I don't have a tight end at that point, that's when I'd be going after him. I would say in a redraft league, um, I don't go after him as much because when I take him, I want to be taking him when I bet on the Browns offense, if that makes sense. Because like if he produces well, a lot of different players are going to be really good picks at their ADP. And so it's like, I want to bet on everything. And because I don't do that as much in redraft leagues, I don't like go all in on an offense. I'm just a little bit less likely to do it. So I'll definitely lean towards like Trevor Lawrence. Like I definitely think Trevor Lawrence is a much better pick. C tier. This is the range where so basically look at what we have right now. You've got this in like round three, this like top tier. Then you've got this kind of in rounds like honestly four and five. And then you come down to Trevor Lawrence. You're in kind of like, I mean, it depends if we're talking about underdog or redraft, but now we're looking at like round six, seven in general, if we kind of average everything out. Then there's a little bit of a gap, a little bit of a time period that should pass until you just hit this massive group. I think we're going to go over nine quarterbacks in the C tier, this huge range where you're attacking this range. If you don't have a quarterback yet in like a one quarterback league, get a quarterback from this range. I wouldn't want to go outside of this range. If you're in a super flex league, my lean would be to get one of these top, uh, what is this, nine quarterbacks, get one of them, and then pair that with one from the C tier. And then if you want that third quarterback, go into like the D through F tier. That's how I would section it out. But basically, if you're in one quarterback, if you're in a super flex league, most of you will be faced with a decision in C tier. And my general thought in C tier is many, like I'm talking probably like six of these quarterbacks are separated by like two total points. Like they are all the exact same pick. Number one, go with your gut feel. I feel pretty confident in how I've kind of ranked these quarterbacks right now. C tier is just coin flips. I mean, like if you really want to change things up, go for it. But I would say because that's the case, wait for value. See who falls, right? Be in the draft and be like, oh, you know, someone reached on Aaron Rodgers. Someone reached on Anthony Richardson. Someone reached on Daniel Jones. But why is no one drafting Geno Smith? He keeps falling and falling in this draft. We'll make that a Geno Smith team. You know, if the same thing happens with Kirk Cousins, if the same thing happens with Jared Goff, whoever ends up falling and becoming a really good value, I like pretty much everyone in this range a very similar amount. They all have like different positives and negatives, uh, which will kind of go over, you know, not like massively in depth, but we'll go over each one of these. Um, but yeah, it's basically like everyone's kind of a similar pick. And so I have, we'll kind of talk about this first one, Daniel Jones. I have him first. That doesn't mean I'm going out of my way to draft him first in this tier. It's a tier of nine players. You might want to be the eighth or ninth to take a quarterback in this range, or if Daniel Jones happens to be, you know, let's say five from this tier go off the board and he becomes a really good value, take him. You don't have to be last. You just want to be getting a good value. So Daniel Jones, um, I think he should be first because he was pretty good last season. Uh, 18 points per game was ninth in scoring. Uh, they add in um, Darren Waller. That's going to be a really good addition to the team, um, but also just that rushing upside, right? He had... Um, Five games over 65 rushing yards. He had a 68-yard two-touchdown game, 107-yard one-touchdown game, 91-yard two-touchdown game. So, like, you know, a lot of different, like, really, really spiked weeks. That's what we want. Um, and you add that into, like, good potential in the passing game. Also, I know we always make fun of the the Giants because, like, they don't really have a number one wide receiver. They just have, like, seven or eight wide receiver twos. But there is, you know, 
a little bit of like security in the fact that like they do have a lot of really quality wide receiver twos. And so it's not going to be a situation where everyone gets hurt and he's throwing to absolute scrubs. He's going to have, you know, decent wide receivers every week to go along with Darren Waller and hopefully Saquon Barkley. The one thing I'd point out with Saquon is it's not actually some like massive risk having Saquon potentially holding out because like worst case scenario Saquon holds out well they're not running the ball with the scrubs they have behind Saquon they're probably just going to throw it a ton more do a bunch more like read option with Daniel Jones if anything it could be a net positive and so if the worst case is a potential net positive uh, I think people might potentially overreact see that happen see maybe like you know them potentially not be as good scoring um, their win total is not going to change because running backs don't matter that much but point being it's not actually a risk. And if people assign it a risk and he drops an ADP, I take advantage of that. One thing I'll say is I don't actually draft a ton of him because that hasn't happened. Uh, basically, Daniel Jones doesn't really fall very much in drafts. I think because he's so locked in, like there's going to be someone in your draft that's like, okay, yeah, I mean, the rushing's there. The increase in skill players is there. Why wouldn't I really want to draft him? It's not as much like no one wants to take Daniel Jones the way that like some people don't want to take. Uh, let's just go with our next one, Tua. You're going to be in some leagues where just no one wants Tua because of the concussions and if that happens in your league pounce on that because i think he's going to be really good this season also it's not like a huge deal um i was kind of thinking about this the other day it's like okay so he is the quarterback 11 right here i think by adp it's like the exact same thing i'll have adp actually I probably want to have adp on the screen to be honest but um adp wise he's the same um Maybe I'll mention if, if anything is like super different. ADP-wise, honestly, the top three is going to be the same. Lamar's going to be four. Burrow's going to be five. Uh, Fields might flip with Herbert, but depending on the site, that's pretty much the same. Uh, pretty much everyone's going to have Lawrence and Watson kind of next. Uh, and then just this C tier is going to be an absolute mess for all the rankings. Um, if you really want to see ADP, I have two completely free pages on the website. You can see ADP for every site. Um on there, you can see like the best values, all that stuff. You can see people's ADP over time. It's all completely free. I would just use that if you want to check uh, different ADPs. But yeah, um, this is where he goes, right? Um, for where he's going, like let's say Tua gets concussed in week seven, is done for the season. Are you going to lose your league? No. You, you drafted the 11th quarterback off boards. It was somewhere in like the middle to mid late rounds. There will be someone on free agency. Like if he was going around three, you know, Patrick Mahomes, let's say you draft him. He gets injured in week seven. You miss him for the rest of the season. Well, that really hurts. You lost your third-round pick. The quarterback 11, I mean, that's not really that same risk. And so I feel like he probably is going a little bit too late because if you guaranteed us 17 full weeks, he's obviously going to outperform his ADP. I mean, he's got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's all you need, right? And, like, phenomenal coaching. Like, he's going to be fantastic. So I feel like I probably should be drafting a little bit more of him because, again, that risk doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, next up, we've got... Dak Prescott and another one that it's like I, I thought that I would draft a little bit more of him this season uh, I've drafted a little bit less than I anticipated but I think it's also because he's another player like Daniel Jones he doesn't really fall that much most people can agree that adding in Brandon Cooks is going to really really help this offense they needed someone to go downfield he's going to really help that out most people can agree that another year removed from the torn ACL, Michael Gallup's probably going to be better than last season. And most people can agree that, you know, having Pollard over Zeke's going to improve the offense, especially in the passing game. And that CeeDee Lamb is pretty good at football, right? Most people can agree on all of those things. And so you're not going to be in a league where Dak Prescott really craters in a draft. And so I like him a lot. Um, but again, if my tendency is in this tier, trying to get some of the craters, I don't end up with him a lot because he doesn't crater 
all that much. But if he happens to in your league, uh, or if you just want to go out of your way, uh, get him. Don't do it ahead of ADP. None of these uh, C-tier players should be ahead of ADP. Uh, but if at ADP, totally fine drafting him. Kirk Cousins, after that. Um, I do know a lot of people out on Kirk Cousins because the ceiling isn't crazy. And I sort of agree. But also, I mean, think about last three years um, with Jefferson, right? He's been the quarterback 11, 11, and 8. So he's going 13th ADP. I believe he's a 13th quarterback uh, in the rankings right here. So when you think about that value, you're like, okay, just like baseline what he's produced, you're getting a value. 11, 11, 8, and now he is 13th. And then you think, okay, what's different? Well, now he's got a full off season with TJ Hawkinson, and they just upgraded Adam Thielen to Jordan Addison, who maybe we don't know in year one, and maybe that's people's hesitation is like, okay, if Addison can't put it together in year one, because he's going to be a great wide receiver, maybe it takes him a year or two to like fully break out. Um, maybe that's in people's minds, but I mean, I really like uh, Addison. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to do really well in year one. And so that's not a concern for me. And then also when you think about it, it's like, okay, they have Madison right now. If they don't do anything else, Madison's not a player that you give, you know, 25 carries every week to. And if they don't trust the backups all that much, because I don't think they trust Ty Chandler or Dwayne McBride like that much. Uh, Kenny Wangwu, I think they still have on the team. They don't trust these players like a ton. And maybe they'll perform really well in camp, and they will. But I think the point is, they're not going to run a ton. They are probably going to lead the league in pass attempts. And if he leads the league in pass attempts per game, and they also have Hawkinson, Jefferson, uh, they also have uh, Addison, they have... Uh, Osborne, who's had like a really, really good camp. They've got Madison in the passing game. Like if they put all those players with the most pass attempts in the league. Like, how does he underperform the ADP? Like, I understand maybe saying he can't be top five, but how is he not like a top 12 quarterback if that's his situation around him? And what are they gonna give Madison like 20 rushing touchdowns? Like, no, like they're going to throw a ton of touchdowns, throw a ball a ton. I just I don't see a world where he disappoints at this ADP. And that's why I have him more than any other quarterback. It's him and Trevor Lawrence. I just don't see paths to either one of them like truly failing. And when you look at ADP, you get them at a nice discount from, you know, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, Fields, discount into Trevor Lawrence. And then I have him projected the same as Daniel Jones to a deck, but he comes at a little bit of an ADP discount there as well. And some people just don't like him. And so he's going to fall in drafts. Uh, if that ever happens to you, take advantage. Same thing, honestly, like almost identical commentary, except take out the past times per game thing for Geno Smith. I don't see a world where Geno Smith has a really bad year unless last season was like a complete fluke and he's going to go back to being bad. But like he was really good last year. I think he's going to be really good this year. You look at the pass catchers. I mean, my goodness, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and now adds in JSN, who I think most people think it's either him or Quentin Johnson were the best wide receiver in the draft class. I think JSN was, and I think he fits this team beautifully. I mean, like, it wasn't great for fantasy because I wanted him to land on a team where he could be the wide receiver one, but you throw JSN into the slot and you run a ton of three wide receiver sets, no one is going to be able to guard that. Um, I know they love their two tight end sets, but just throw um, one tight end out there, just have these three wide receiver sets, put JSN in the slot, and this passing offense is going to be unreal. They also added in Charbonnet. It's just like a guarantee the run game is going to be good as well. Like He's just locked in. I mean, Gino Smith was what? The quarterback five last season. Now he's going at a huge discount after getting an improved situation in his second year as the starter here. Like Everything points to a really good year. Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, awesome picks in this general range. After that, a uh, little bit of a risky one. 
and it's Anthony Richardson. And some people definitely have him earlier in this. I can't move him up, and I've tried so hard, guys. Like I have tried incredibly hard to move Anthony Richardson up in the rankings, and I just can't really do it. He's the most athletic quarterback in the history of the NFL. He's going to have a ton of rushing touchdowns. He's going to have a ton of rushing yards. I just can't get the passing numbers to fit. I can't get enough rushing yards to move him up anymore in the rankings. Um, we're not 100% sure he's going to start the year, but he's going to start the season very early. I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, in this range, if you're in a redraft league and on underdog as well, I mean, you're drafting two quarterbacks anyway, so I wouldn't worry. Like If you want to draft like Geno and Anthony Richardson, start Geno to start the year. If Richardson starts in week three, so be it. Um, see kind of how he plays. If he truly breaks out, he's running for like, you know, 70 yards and a touchdown every week. And you want to, you know, trade Gino, you want to honestly cut Gino, like whatever happens, happens there. Um, but I would say like you're drafting two quarterbacks because you just don't know. I mean, the risk, the risk could be pretty high that he could have like a, a Justin Fields, like early career, right? Justin Fields was awesome last season, but remember before that, remember the first part of last season, he's had a very, very low floor. That's a risk with Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Cause also like, I like Pittman, but what Pittman Pierce and they've got the the rookie Josh Downs. Like it's not a prolific group of pass catchers. And so I like him. I love the upside long-term year one. It just hasn't been a player I've been drafting a ton because also he goes earlier. Like he goes like pretty much right here in this range. Well, if I like these quarterbacks more and they go later, why wouldn't I just end up with them? After him, we've got Aaron Rodgers. Again, this is a huge tier. This is what one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh player in C tier, the range that a lot of you are going to draft quarterbacks in. Uh, I alluded to my only concern with Rodgers before. Rodgers is an elite quarterback. He has an elite group of pass catchers. If you force Rodgers to have, you know, top five in pass attempts, he would probably end up as a top five quarterback this season. My worry is that he plays slow. Um, the Jets are a really good team. They have a phenomenal defense. There will be a lot of second halves where he's really slowing down the pace where they're running the ball a ton, and it's like he's hyper-efficient, maybe the pass attempts don't really get there. And so I think that's why I'm just not able to project him, you know, into like, let's say, the B tier with Trevor Lawrence, with Deshaun Watson, but another quarterback that definitely falls in drafts, I'm a 1,000% fine having on my team. Um, and honestly, it would probably be a good one to pair with Richardson as well. After that, Russell Wilson, the eighth quarterback in this range. Uh, I don't have a strong take on Wilson this season. Um, some people are all in because I think Sean Payton's going to go in there, turn things around immediately. Some people are completely out on him uh, given just how bad he was last season. And I understand both sides. And I think because I understand both sides, I'm in the middle, right? I don't have a super strong take. I think Sean Payton's going to improve things. Does he improve things enough to bring them from like the very bottom to the top? I don't know. Maybe not right away. Um, but do I also think that like Wilson's going to be a bad, as bad as last season if Judy can stay fully healthy if Tim Patrick is back this season, if Marvin Mims can really improve their deep presence, their deep passing attack. I don't think so. And so it's like, I really do think it's somewhere in the middle and somewhere in the middle is basically right here in fantasy. Someone that if he falls all attack, I will not reach on Russell Wilson this season. Final quarterback in this massive tier is Jared Goff. And honestly, he has sneaky upside this season. Um, I don't think like I don't think there's really a world where Goff finishes this season as like a top five quarterback. Um, to be honest, no one left really has that in their range of outcomes. Um, but he's kind of sneaky. I mean, he was a quarterback 15 last season, um, and that was despite. I mean, you obviously all remember 
Uh, Jamal Williams running for a billion touchdowns, right? 17 rushing touchdowns. Uh, Detroit scored the second most rushing touchdowns of any team last season. That's going to hurt your quarterback play, especially when the quarterback has zero of those rushing touchdowns. And so it's like, if variance kind of goes to his way, that's a positive. He did lose Hawkinson. Jameson Williams suspended to start the season. And I wouldn't say they, like, they're such a well-coached team and they have awesome running backs. And so it's like, do I really think variance swings that way? Probably not, right? Like, I don't think uh, Amonra St. Brown, I don't think Sam Laporta are going out there and scoring 15 touchdowns each. I do think they're going to use both um, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs a lot. They're going to score a lot of touchdowns. And so I don't think variance swings that way. He throws for 40 touchdowns to all these, like, backup wide receivers and that the running backs aren't producing as much i don't think that'll happen uh but it's at least a possibility that maybe like montgomery and gibbs have five or six receiving touchdowns each and maybe laporta does spike in touchdowns and maybe Goff can get up to like 35 passing touchdowns and that'll open up the door to um that increased production um it would just be like well he's not gonna have the rushing so he kind of needs to have he's gonna really break out needs to have that like 35 touchdowns but Again, he's the last player in this tier, and he falls. I mean, he goes really late in drafts. He goes after all these guys. Um, some drafts, I've gotten him like, you know, 10, 15 spots behind ADP as that last one. And so if that happens, I am completely fine doing it because I also don't think there's really a world where he like completely busts, right? I don't think they're going to run for four touchdowns every week, and I think they're going to be really good offense. And also, second half, when Jameson Williams comes back, uh, when he can develop later in the season, you know, when your fantasy championships are, he's going to be a player that could spike later down the stretch d tier another mini tier um it's basically two safe quarterbacks that neither of them have a ton of upside um but also neither one of them is like <sighs> neither one of them is going to be terrible right i don't think either one of them is going to finish like 25th in points per game it's really just that like neither one of them is going to have some amazing season and be someone that's like a true league winner um, I do know Stafford had, what, like nearly 4,900 passing yards, 41 touchdowns back in 2021. He was a quarterback six, and so he has it in his range of outcomes. I just don't think that sort of season is going to happen again if he's really only throwing to Cooper Cup. It's like Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and I think Puka, probably their number three. That's not great. Um, we know that Akers isn't like a prolific pass catcher. We know that Higby is good, probably going to have a good season, probably going to outperform his ADP. But as you, you mentioned all those names and you're like, I don't know. I mean, if Stafford's going to run for like, what, hopefully 100 yards this year, um, I just don't see any upside. And it's a similar thing with Derek Carr. I do think the Saints are going to run it a ton. I think he's surrounded by a lot of talent. But if he's not mobile, um, he's just he's just consistently mediocre like he has maxed out at 17 points per game over the last six years he typically hovers around 15 points per game as low and wide or quarterback two production like that's what these these two are they are mid to low end quarterback twos someone that like if you kind of missed out in a super flex league you can grab as that quarterback two uh if you have a stack that goes with it on underdog you can do that um if you're drafting them in a redraft league i don't know like you better be in like a 14 team league if you're starting them as your first quarterback in a 12 team league I just don't love it. I think there's other quarterbacks you would go to. E tier. Gonna have a number of different quarterbacks here. And we are we are kind of in the range where it's like, you should probably have quarterback figured out by this point. These really are, you know, um underdog players. They are super flex league players. If you are in a redraft league, I don't love it. Um and then I guess everyone else is going to go in F tier, but we'll pull them up in a second. Uh, we see it's Brock Purdy, it's Kenny Pickett, 
Jordan Love, and Ryan Tannehill. Um, you could argue for pretty much any order here, and I'd be fine with it. Um, I think that all of them have a pretty slim path to even high-end quarterback two production, not even quarterback one. I don't think any of them really have a path to that. Um, Purdy has the best chance because he's surrounded by so much talent. He's got such good coaching that, like, yeah, in that system, he could certainly have a good year. Uh, the problem is we have less than half a year of production from him, so we just don't know yet, right? We just don't know if he is a high-end quarterback or not. And if he wasn't, like, if he had this production, he was Trevor Lawrence, right? And Trevor Lawrence was this insane prospect. Everyone knew it was going to be good. It was just like, when is he going to break out? And then it happened in year two. If that had been the case with Purdy, it'd be much easier to get behind him. But he wasn't a high-end prospect, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. And so it's difficult to know, was this just a, like two months of really good production and he'll drop back down? Because there is a risk, right? Because they have other quarterbacks um, like Trey Lance could still start games this season. We just don't know. Um, so it's a risk, obviously. But he's got the most upside because he proved last season that he has upside. Um, I would say that like... The case for Pickett and Tannehill is just that they're surrounded by talent, right? Like, I don't think either of them are going to have these insane years, but both of them have a lot of skill players around them that are really talented. Uh, also, Tannehill was the quarterback seven overall back in 2020, so he's done it before. Pickett has never done it before, uh, but he's got a little bit of mobility. So I know Pickett has never shown upside. I don't think he ever has a 20-point game uh, to his name, but, uh, and that's for like fantasy, obviously, um, he is a little bit mobile, and so he's got that upside that, like, if he develops in year two, and he's got, you know, Deontay, uh, he's got Pickens maybe developing, Pat Frymuth developing, two really good running backs, maybe Alan Robinson helps in the red zone, like, if he's got all of this surrounding him, and he develops as a player, and he runs a little bit, he could have, you know, solid quarterback two production, but again, we're in the E tier, like, that's what we're hoping for, is solid quarterback two production, um, I would say the one I'm most excited about is Purdy, and then I would say Tannehill just because he, he goes way later than even in these three. He goes super late in drafts. He's effectively free. And if you've got Hopkins and like, you know, being awesome, Burke's really developing and Derrick Henry, you could score a lot of touchdowns. He'd get lucky with touchdowns. Um, he's been good in the past. He's been highly efficient in the past. Uh, I think he's like a really, really, really strong pick. Especially, I mean, I, I did the, the last uh, mock draft Monday. It was a super flex league. If you want to go with your first quarterback in this top like nine, then you want to grab one in the C tier, and then you want to end with Ryan Tannehill. I think it's a really good strategy. Or on underdog, if you want to draft like one of these top three, completely wait until like the 18th round and draft Tannehill. I think that's a fantastic strategy. Everyone else is pretty much a pile of garbage, and I would not draft any of them. Uh, you could make a case for Kyler Murray, and I think it would be a fine case, uh, but. I don't love it for a number of different reasons. One, um, okay, for those who are listening to the podcast, I'll just go through the order I just threw up on the screen. Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Bryce Young, uh, Kyler, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, CJ Shroud, and Baker. So some people look at Kyler down here and be like, well, why would you have him this low? It really is because, one, I don't know that he plays a lot of games this season because I think they're going to try and tank. And obviously, the best way to tank is to have Kyler Murray on the bench because he's a really good quarterback. Number two, even if they stop doing that, they get him onto the field, they're going to make sure he's not running it. And so remember all those games when he had like, I believe it was like a shoulder injury, maybe an ankle injury at some point. Um, his production really took a hit when they weren't having him getting designed runs and stuff. They're not going to give him any designed runs this season. He's coming off a major injury. They are not, I don't think they're going to put him on the field really at all. But if they do, they're going to be like, okay, you can go on the field, but you're a pocket passer. Like you're not running the football. And that's his whole thing. And then you look at his, his pass catchers and you're like, okay, well, that's not good either. 
Uh, you think they're probably not going to play super fast because why would they? I think they're going to play really slow this season, run it a ton. Like, it's just a horrific situation. And so I put him down here so that really no one gets too excited and drafts him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe you could say, okay, Bryce Young develops in year one, is a really good quarterback. But even him, who's he throwing to? It's the corpse of Adam Thielen. It's hopefully Jonathan Mingo as like, I hope the number one this season, but hopefully they use him. But it's like, there's not really a bunch there and he's so unproven and there's so many awesome quarterbacks. Again, look at the C tier, just draft one of them. Why are you going down to Young? Uh, you could argue for Jimmy Garoppolo if he has a full season with Devonta Adams there. Um, you could argue for Desmond Ritter because he's got Kyle Pitts, he's got Drake London, he's got Bijan. It's a lot of really good players. But again, it's not an inspiring range at all. I don't believe that anyone in the F tier should be on your team unless you are in a super flex league and they are a third quarterback. Even on underdog, I rarely draft them. If I happen to draft Evans and Godwin, I might take a shot on Baker, but I don't even know if Baker's going to be a starter all season. If I happen to draft a few Texans, I don't have a quarterback yet, I'll take Stroud. It's like if I happen to start a stack, don't have that last quarterback, I'll be like, sure, give me a little bit of exposure to Desmond Ritter. Other than that, you're not going out of your way. And if you're in a one-quarterback league, there's just no reason to draft any of them. Again, for those of you in one-quarterback leagues, my lean is best value in this top nine. And if you can't get that, best value in C-tier. And if you can't get a good value, just take whoever's left in C-tier because I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Superflex leagues, I want one from this top nine. I want one in C-tier and one below, probably in B or E-tier. On underdog, you're just looking for best values. I typically do draft one in this range, but if not, I'm probably double dipping in this range down here for C tier. So that is the general landscape of quarterback this season. Uh, if you want to see my exact rankings, whether it's underdog, super flex leagues, regular leagues, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. If you want to see all those rankings, for free, not sign up for any of the packages, then all you have to do is sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA. They will match your first deposit up to $100 and you get all my rankings for free. That is all the redraft rankings. You'll get the custom rankings for free. You'll get underdog rankings for free, underdog articles, all underdog access as well, but all the normal rankings as well as on my website. Again, 100% free. All you have to do is make your first deposit on underdog, sign up with promo code FFA. It's at least a $10 deposit on the site. So, Tomorrow will be some sort of breakdown video. Friday will be some sort of top five video. I don't know which ones. And then Saturday, uh, we'll again look at the market, see how ADPs are moving, see how the market is changing for different positions. Uh, and we'll check that out again on Saturday. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hit the like button and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.